well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you're with me on the program today. We'll be talking about, uh, I guess, a tale of two cities in New York, Rochester and Syracuse, and all of the uh, vaunted gun control laws that are doing a great job of stopping, you know, ordinary responsible citizens from exercising their Second Amendment rights. In terms of stopping acts of violence, eh, not so much. We will uh, get to that in just a moment. But before we do, I know you guys have definitely noticed the U.S. dollar continues to buy less, right? Last year, the average IRA and 401k balance fell by more than 20%. If we've learned anything from the past few years, it's that anything can and will happen. Here's something that may help, a gold IRA. Gold may be a great option for you. That's right, physical gold in your IRA. Many central banks are buying tons right now. What does that tell you? Well, Augusta Precious Metals is a gold IRA company that offers its customers the opportunity to invest in gold. You can call Augusta Precious Metals and learn how a gold IRA can help you. If you've saved 100000 or more for retirement, call Augusta Precious Metals and get the free ultimate guide to gold IRAs. Tell them you heard it here on our show, and they'll give you a free gold coin when you open up a gold IRA. Contact Augusta Precious Metals and diversify your retirement today. Call 855-222-4997. That's 855-222-4997. Again, 855-222-4997. So let's talk about what's going on in New York here. You know, last year after the Supreme Court's decision in Bruin struck down the state's may-issue concealed carry system, we saw a flood of applicants all across the state. And then in September, new rules took effect. Uh, Governor Kathy Ogle said, listen, the new rules apply for everybody, by the way, who's in the pipeline. If you've not been approved uh, by the time these new rules took effect, sorry, the new rules apply. You basically got to start all over again. Several county clerks have said, "Nah, that's not the case. And it really does seem to be mass confusion still about what's going on. Now, you would think, again, almost a year, well, yeah, about a year later, that that would be sort of a moot point anyway, right? I mean, it's been a year. So surely everybody who was in the pipeline last June or July or August has already been approved. Well, no, that's not the case. Not only are we still seeing lengthy wait times in some counties, but the number of new applicants is actually a lot lower than what it was this time last year under the old May issue system, at least in Monroe County, where Rochester first reports that since the state uh, lawmakers passed the Concealed Carry Improvement Act, county officials and those who teach the mandatory classes have noticed a severe drop in applicants for concealed carry permits. When you call the Monroe County Pistol Permit Office, a recording informs you that the wait right now is anywhere from 9 to 16 months for your application to be processed. Now, the clerk, Jamie Romeo, says that uh, the wait times have been dropping six to eight months, sometimes to a year that it can take. But oftentimes it depends on the background investigations that have to go on. There are still some cases that are getting processed from the surge in 2021. And before the new law took effect, those are still being processed through law enforcement background on the courts. So not only do we have confirmation from the uh, county clerk there in uh, Monroe County, New York, that people have been waiting over a year and are waiting over a year to obtain their concealed carry license. Apparently, there are some folks who've been waiting going on two years, maybe two years or more, if they applied back in 2021 during the surge and have yet to be approved. Now, again, 
This is not what the Supreme Court envisioned when it handed down the Bruin decision. The idea was that uh, states like New York were going to quit playing games with the right to carry. And that a lot of folks who were previously ineligible because they could not demonstrate some good cause or justification beyond, you know what, it's scary out there and I want to be able to protect myself. Those folks were now supposed to be able to not only get a license, but they were supposed to be able to carry. Well, as you know, New York decided "Mm -mm, it's not going to happen. So fine, we'll remove the, uh, you know, justifiable need restriction. And instead, we'll put up a bunch of new hurdles for would-be gun owners. We're going to increase the training. We're going to increase the expense of that training. Uh, We're going to uh, comply or uh, come up with all kinds of uh, mandates that you must comply with when you're applying, including revealing your social media. Uh, we got to have character references, right? And we'll uh, we'll hinge our decision on uh, proof of your good moral character as opposed to your justifiable need. And oh yeah, by the way, if you do manage to get a carry license, it's going to be a felony for you to carry almost anywhere. All those places that uh, formerly were open to you, we've now decided that they're sensitive places. And uh, setting foot in any of those locations, well, that's a felony offense punishable by years in prison. So, yeah, have fun with your concealed carry license. That's, again, what the state of New York and states like New Jersey, Maryland, Hawaii, California, and others are trying to do in response to the Bruin decision. And again, in Monroe County, New York, we are seeing the consequences here, where folks are not just having to wait an unconscionably long time for their carry license, but fewer people are simply applying altogether. David Jenkins is a firearms instructor at Rochester Personal Defense. Uh, He says, as of June 1st, from what I hear, just under 300 people have applied, whereas this time last year it was over 700 or so. He said, I think a lot of it is the cost of the course and the time factors of the course. They've got to take two long days out of their life. Again, 18-hour training course. Uh, in New York State now. That includes two hours of live fire uh, range time. And uh, Jenkins says it's just having a chilling effect, although he does note that there are people, particularly more folks from Rochester itself, who are applying, even though the overall numbers are down. He says uh, because of what's been going on in the city lately, the general comment is that there's no control. It's a free-for-all, and people are scared, which, again, Shouldn't be the case if all of New York's gun control laws were working the way that lawmakers promised, right? Not just the Bruin Response Bill, but I mean the SAFE Act passed a decade ago, which instituted a uh, ban on so-called assault weapons, registration requirements for every pistol owner. Uh, We had to re-register your pistol. Uh, There was the magazine ban. There were even some provisions of the uh, SAFE Act that have not yet taken effect, like uh, ammunition background checks. But in the decades since the SAVE Act was passed, New York lawmakers have steadily adopted more and more gun control laws. Again, all of them publicly, uh, the, the reason for this is public safety, right? Uh, fewer crimes, fewer violent criminals are going to make it harder for uh, criminals to access firearms. What's happened instead is that it's become much more difficult to exercise your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms, but the criminals don't really seem to be touched. While, in fact, uh, while Rochester first was uh, reporting on the decline in concealed carry licenses, the fewer number of responsible gun owners who are, again, trying to carry because they know that the fix is still in, the uh, police in Syracuse, New York, 
investigating a scene of mass violence at a a pop-up party. 13 people shot, stabbed, or struck by a vehicle in Syracuse over the weekend. The uh, police chief says it uh, happened at a a pop-up party that was publicized on social media. Syracuse police said officers responded to a shots fired complaint about 1222 Sunday morning. They discovered about 200 people gathered for a, a party that had been promoted on social media. Syracuse Police Chief Joseph Cecile said upon arrival, they discovered a tremendously chaotic situation. 200 or so people in the street, people fleeing in all directions, both on foot and in cars. They found over a dozen, well, 13 is the actual number of victims, gunshot victims, stabbing victims, and also victims that have been hit by those vehicles that were fleeing the scenes. And the chief says, now the first time a party like this has happened, he said every weekend in various parts of the city, there are pop-up parties typically advertised on social media. Chief says sometimes police find out about them, other times they don't. He says our understanding of this one, it's very early information, is that it was a bunch of high school students who had just graduated and also some older individuals who had come back from college that were meeting here on this block. Now, we don't know um, all of the ages of uh, everyone involved, but if we're talking about high school graduates and maybe even some college students, uh, generally speaking, you're going to be talking about uh, individuals who are not old enough to lawfully uh, purchase or possess a firearm under New York state law. Um, according to KSLA, the ages of all 13 victims who are either shot, stabbed, or hit by a car range from 17 to 25. So there were some uh, legal adults in that crowd, but there's no word on if there were anybody who actually legally possessed a firearm uh, there in that crowd. Uh, Cecile said, with as many victims as we have here, we also probably have quite a few suspects. So I think this is going to be down the road uh, before uh, any information about those suspects uh, might be released here. Hopefully we do learn more. But again, one thing is crystal clear. None of the gun control laws in place in New York stopped this act of mass violence this past weekend. Any more than any of California's gun control laws stopped a mass shooting in San Francisco's Mission District. These laws are not aimed at violent offenders. And every time a lawmaker says, well, you know, we got to pass this law for public safety. Ask yourself, why are these aimed at people who are already trying to obey the law? Why aren't we doing something about people who violate our public safety? Why aren't we passing laws again that are aimed at toughening up the uh, consequences for those violent offenders, for repeat offenders? Instead, states like New York and California continually try to make it harder for good people to be able to protect themselves and the uh, bad actors out there continue living their lives with little fear of consequences. Why, why, why would they? Again, the clearance rate for non-fatal shootings, well below 50% in this country. In fact, the clearance rate for homicide in a lot of jurisdictions at or below 50%, meaning you got a better than average chance of getting away with murder. But rather than address these issues, again, the anti-gun lawmakers in places like Albany, New York, or Sacramento, California, Simply want to make it harder, more legally dangerous, and downright illegal for you to be able to exercise your fundamental right to protect yourself and your loved ones. Now, turning our attention to today's uh, recidivist report, our good deed of the day, and our uh, armed citizen story, we'll start there uh, with a uh, case out of Minnesota. And again, we just saw this. Lawmakers passed this omnibus public safety bill. Sure, there, there's some money in there, uh, extra money to uh, try to increase um, the number of police officers in places like Minneapolis and St. Paul. 
Um, but for the most part, big takeaway from the omnibus public safety bill were the gun control measures included. The red flag law, the uh, 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 backdoor gun registration scheme that uh, comes as part of the uh, universal background check provision. Again, uh, DFL uh, majorities in the House and Senate in Minnesota decided to take aim at legal gun owners as opposed to dealing with the real mess in the criminal justice system. So here you got this case out of the Twin Cities. Man on probation for fire at homeless shelter, now charged with arson at a St. Paul mosque. Yeah, probation for an earlier act of arson. And uh, as it turns out, the criminal justice system has repeatedly cut this guy a break. Um, According to uh, ATF investigators, uh, this gentleman... Saeed Murakizi uh, told ATF officers that he's Muslim, said that he, quote, burned the building as a form of protest because of other Muslims in the community having to sleep outside in the cold. He said that the uh, building is not serving anyone, but the people need it. The uh, fire of the uh, Taweed Islamic Center uh, of Minnesota occurred Wednesday morning. Thankfully, nobody was injured. The uh, mosque under construction as it was being remodeled. Police arrested Murakizi on Wednesday night, found out a substance that later tested positive for methamphetamine. It was back in 2020. He was arrested in a fire at a St. Paul homeless shelter. He was taken to a hospital for a mental health evaluation. According to um, uh, newspaper accounts, uh, this her, occurred back in August of 2020 um, at the uh, Mary Hall, which is a shelter for homeless adults. Firefighters found a, a small fire burning in Murakizi's room. He was, quote, agitated, denied him entry into the room, and threatened to jump out of the fourth floor window. When firefighters eventually gained access. They found a pile of burning clothes and determined that the in- fire was intentionally set with a lighter. Um, so Murakizi pleaded guilty last May, May of 2022, and was sentenced last November to 18 months in prison. Yeah. But that prison sentence was stayed. So Marikisi could have been behind bars. But the judge in this case said, eh, we're not gonna. Uh, He had also uh, been sentenced to 320 days in the Ramsey County Workhouse, which he had already served, and as well as one year probation. So, again, 18-month prison sentence last November, two years probation. About three months after he's given that sentence, he's hauled back in court in March of this year for a probation violation. He was ordered to serve 30 days in the county workhouse with credit for 10 days already served. Then on Monday of last week, before his arrest, two days before his arrest, he was in Hennepin County Court, pleaded guilty in other cases. He had been charged back in December with using a broom to break a restaurant window in Minneapolis. In that case, he received a 13-month prison sentence, again, a week ago, which was stayed again And uh, 43 days in the Hennepin County Workhouse, which he had already served, and then was put on probation for three years. (laughs) I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Now, maybe Mr. Merkese has some uh, substance abuse issues. Maybe he's got some mental health issues. I, I don't know much about this case, but I would certainly be willing to listen to the argument that prison is not the right place for him. But if that's the case, then a mental institution needs to be where he is. And that's not happening either. Instead, you've got this catch and release system in Minnesota. 
where this guy keeps getting arrested, thankfully for crimes that haven't injured anybody yet, but crimes that could easily have done so. He is sentenced to prison. That sentence has stayed. He is placed on probation. He violates probation. He is arrested. He is charged. He takes a guilty plea. He is sentenced to prison. That sentence has stayed. He is placed on probation. I mean, again, and again, and again, this has happened. And uh, it sounds like this time, the cycle may be interrupted because Murakizi can be facing federal charges. But again, this is how the criminal justice system works in Minnesota right now. Uh, You go and you try to burn down a homeless shelter, burn down a mosque, bust up a, a restaurant. Eh, no consequences. Try to sell your gun to your longtime neighbor without driving 20 or 30 miles to the uh, nearest sheriff's department so you can get your permit to purchase certificate or even further to the nearest gun store so you can put your uh, longtime buddy through a background check. Oh, they'll prosecute that. Yeah, they'll definitely charge you for, for not doing that. But again, arson? <sighs> What's the harm? That seems to be the attitude uh, among the uh, Democrats in Minnesota. And uh, with that attitude firmly ensconced in place, it's no wonder that violent crime is on the rise across the state. Today's armed citizen story from Chicago, where a uh, would-be assailant picked the wrong target. Uh, An off-duty police officer, yeah, who was out of uniform, just looked like, you know, Average Joe, as it turns out, uh, he had a firearm with him. 25-year-old Carlos Negetti was already on bail for a pending felony gun case at the time, according to CWB Chicago. Uh, He's now facing additional felony counts. They were filed on Sunday afternoon. According to uh, prosecutors, the officer had chased out of his uniform at the end of his shift about 10.30 Friday night. He drove to McDonald's to get something to eat. Surveillance footage shows the officer sitting in his car in the parking lot as uh, Negretti pulls up beside him in an SUV shortly after 11 p.m. Negretti exchanged some words with the off-duty cop and then made some hand gestures. Prosecutors say were gang signs. Situation escalated when Negretti pulled out a handgun, pointed it at the officer. Believing that he was about to be shot, the officer pulled out his firearm, shot Negretti in the head. Despite his injuries, Negretti was able to drive away. Officer reported the incident to the Chicago police. Negretti drove himself to Mount Sinai Hospital, arrived there about 11.30 p.m. in the same SUV. At that point, uh, I, I guess I, I guess he wasn't able to drive himself, but uh, he drove off. At some point, an accomplice or a, a buddy hopped in the driver's seat because by the time they arrived at Mount Sinai Hospital, Negretti was uh, in the passenger seat. Investigators found uh, four spent shell casings inside the SUV. They did not find a gun in the car uh, or in Negretti's possession, according to uh, prosecutors. Negretti uh, ordered to pay a $20,000 bail deposit, and he can get out on electronic monitoring, even though he's facing charges of aggravated assault, aggravated unlawful use of a weapon, as well as possession of cannabis. I mean, kind of a minor charge there. Uh, however, the judge did order him uh, held without bail for violating bond in a felony gun case that is still pending in court. Uh, in that incident, according to CMB Chicago, Negretti and another man pulled up to a home that police officers were staking out in preparation for a search warrant. Back in January, suspecting that the person targeting the search warrant was in the vehicle, officers detained the driver and arrested Negretti as he ran towards the home with an open bottle of Modelo. Prosecutors said both men had firearms. 
when they were uh, caught. McCarthy uh, presided over uh, the same judge, by the way, who presided over Negretti's uh, bail hearing this past weekend, uh, presided over his earlier bond hearing, said bail at just $5,000, posted 10% of that, 500 bucks, and went home. And uh, now, again, once again, on the uh, radar of police, thankfully, the uh, off-duty officer not injured. And uh, thankfully, the uh, individual who was targeted by Negretti was able to fight back and defend himself in this situation. Now, uh, finally, today's good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, a uh, former firefighter who was uh, visiting Waterloo, Iowa, and just happened to uh, run across a fire and was able to alert the family to get out, thankfully, without uh, any loss of life. Although uh, I think at last report there is still, unfortunately, a a missing pet around. Uh, Rob Sullivan, former firefighter from uh, Cedar Rapids, now lives in Red Wing, Minnesota, said he was uh, visiting a friend in Waterloo when he noticed smoke coming from a home around 3 p.m. on uh, Sunday afternoon. He said, I I had a lot of smoke around the house. I thought, that's a little more than a grill would be. So he pulled up. He calls 911, knocks on the door. He said, a girl answered the door. I said, "Uh, your house is on fire. Both occupants of the home able to make it out safely. Crews with the Waterloo Fire Rescue did find a uh, fire burning upstairs. They were uh, able to retrieve one cat. I guess two other cats remain missing, but uh, hopefully they will quickly return. Cause of the fire has not been determined. Uh, but uh, again, it sounds like thanks to the quick thinking of Rob Sullivan and a uh, nose perhaps that recognizes when things are not right involving flames, Uh, All of the humans are okay, and hopefully the uh, fire caught quickly enough that the home not a total loss. But uh, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. Rob Sullivan of uh, Red Wing, Minnesota, we thank you for your very good deed. Now, that is all the time for we uh, this edition of Bearing Arms, Scam & Company. But the good news is it's – I was going to say the good news is it's only Monday, but when is that ever good news? Uh, The good news is we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms, Scam & Company. In fact, we'll be back – for three more this week. Uh, and coming up on Wednesday, don't forget, we're going to be talking with the uh, founder of BioFire, Kai Klepfer, saying a lot of the right things. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into uh, the positions that BioFire and its founder are taking when it comes to things like California's Unsafe Handgun Act, Smart Gun Mandates, magazine bands. I want to know a little bit more and dig a little bit deeper. So we'll be doing that on Wednesday. Uh, But we'll see you back here tomorrow as well. Don't forget to check out BarryandArms.com throughout the day. We'll keep you up to date on all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. And uh, if you'd like me to see, I'd always encourage you to become a VIP member as well. Just go to BarryandArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free. (laughs) 